I'm John. And I'm Jason. And this is Digital Divination on the No Direction Network. We are back for episode 68 of Digital Divination. Jason, how you been? It's hey, been two weeks. John. It has been two weeks. Uh, I'm doing okay. How, how you doing, John? Good, good, good. It's, uh, you know, we recorded this typically on Sunday and uh, I'm mm. a big football fan and both my college team, Michigan, won yesterday and great. then the Seahawks won today. So, you know, it's a good day for me. Great, great. Cool. Yeah. What about you? Um, I uh, went a little, I took a little mini vacation actually, uh, because, uh, <clears throat> when we're recording this, the air, uh, here in oh. the sort of east side mm-hmm. of Seattle and Seattle area mm-hmm. was not great. Um, <laughs> so, uh, my wife and I decided to just sort of like drive up north a little bit where it was a little better. So we went up to Bellingham. Wow. Yeah. I wish you would have told me you were going because this is one of the weekends our house in Camino was wide open and nobody was there oh. and the air is really good there. So well, you could yeah, oh, hung out there. <laughs> next time, the next time. There's a, there's just a couple, yeah. there's a, uh, we know someone uh, who's up there in Billingham okay. and we had a couple of restaurant recommendations. And so yeah. we, uh, we wanted to try some stuff, try some of that stuff out. Yeah. Nice. So did you go someplace in Bellingham or someplace along the way? Uh, we went in Bellingham. We stayed in Bellingham at a mm-hmm. uh, motel, kind of area, pet friendly motel. Yeah. Uh, that uh, looked like it's been around for a while, but it only really got converted. It would be a little more modern looking than a, than a regular motel. Um, mm-hmm. And it was very nice. We got a big old box of vegan donuts, or pastries, really. Uh, uh, the, the, morning, the next morning, uh, we went to a couple of restaurants, got some great sandwiches and other foods and i had a couple beers <laughs> over the course of the couple <laughs> days we were there we came back yesterday of course into when it was like the worst oh, uh yesterday yeah. afternoon <laughs> uh when it was practically mordor here uh on the mm-hmm, east side mm-hmm. and uh so then we locked ourselves in now we're back yep, and yeah. and and i and i left something at the motel if you can believe it oh was it important <sighs> it's my pillow cube so uh, you know a sort of <laughs> yeah, nicer important. pillow it's nice. They're, yeah. they're not cheap. So we're going to yeah. try to figure yeah. out how to get that mail to us. Yeah. I feel like. Wow. We, we were pulling into Redmond when uh, we got the call. Like, oh, I think you left something. I'm like, what? What? What could we have left? Oh, sh-. It was this 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 foam cube. I'm like, foam cube? Oh, shoot. It's my <laughs> pillow. My, my cube. My square. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So are you guys vegan? Well, my wife is, and I'm vegetarian, huh. but for the most part. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm like I would say ninety percent vegan because she does a lot of yeah. cooking and we eat out yeah, a lot. Yeah. But every once in a while, I'll get a pizza with real cheese on it. But that's about it. Right. Yeah. Now my daughter is vegan, and so when mm. she comes to stay with us, we end up eating vegan. And like all yeah. summer, she was here mm. off and on. So we had a lot of vegan. And uh, even yeah. when we go out someplace, you know, there has to be vegan options, and then we'll get sure. something a little bit different. But I've come to appreciate vegan food. It's actually it can be quite good, even if you're used to like real cheese yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it, like they've made incredible 
like scientific strides actually and like yeah. making yeah. cheese that tastes kind of like real cheese and all that beyond meat and impossible meat right. i love the impossible whopper really i've never so i've never had it try it out it's pretty good i feel yeah. like uh, i hear people um order it who aren't necessarily vegetarian or vegan they just get it because it's tastes pretty good too so yeah yeah it sells well I, yeah we have we actually have we got some impossible burgers at Safeway mm -hmm. for my for my daughter. She actually doesn't like those. She doesn't like the imitation oh, okay. meat. She'd rather yeah, have yeah. like um like a bean and whatever kind of patty yeah. made up. Yeah, those you know, those can be good too. One of yeah. those. So but she does a lot of, she's been doing a lot of uh, like curried stuff. She'll have it with mm -hmm. us and stir frying yeah. things and and it's like wow. She's cooking and it tastes good. So it's a <laughs> exactly. kind of a, a win win. But yeah. Yeah. Um anyway, so I was thinking uh, about what we should talk about today mm -hmm. and uh you know this is this is a very um kind of uh formal thing i do here where i spend two minutes before we start recording thinking about what we talked about last time uh, in, th yeah. in this case we talked about uh, developing entire adventure paths right. and then i try to come up with a topic for this time that uh i can get you to um discuss in detail and i'm thinking this time we can look at writing adventures uh, is there an adventure you've written lately that you could kind of talk about that process? Yeah, I mean, I've written a few. There's some Pathfinder ones that aren't uh, quite out yet, but um, uh, <clears throat> uh, I would think we could talk about Junker's Delight, the first standalone uh, mm, yeah. uh, Starfinder adventure module, because not only did I write that, but I kind of had a lot of behind the scenes planning of it. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. So we can kind of talk about it from both sides of the point of view, because um, when you get a, a an assignment to write something, you usually get an outline and you right. fill in the blanks here and there. So it's like, it's, it's writing to spec, right? It's, which is a different thing than kind of just going wild and, and writing whatever you want. I mean, you know, you get, there's, there's, there's always lat, uh, uh, leeway. I almost said lat way. That's not a word. Uh, leeway latitude and, and freedom. Leeway, latitude. Yeah. That's what it was. Latitude and leeway. Um, yeah. uh, you get, you get a lot of freedom. Sometimes, you know, go from point A to point B and figure out how to do that. But uh, the mm -hmm. uh, Junker's Delight was sort of, uh, concepted by me, and then I think I outlined it, and then just and then assigned it to myself to write. Well, before we jump into that part, yeah. can you tell me a little bit about the why these standalone adventures were created? Because they're new things well, too. Yeah, they're fairly new. It was sort of we were looking at the schedules, uh, I believe, and uh, it was at the point where we were going to. Um, cut back on the adventure path right. uh, uh, to back to buy monthly uh, because, you know, we were producing a lot of content that wasn't getting played or more importantly bought. Um, and so, so people say, oh, it's a little too much. And even though that, you know, those Starfinder adventure paths are shorter and people can kind of blaze through them, um, people weren't. So we decided to cut back. But we also wanted to, you know, continue to produce stuff that maybe people would get you know, buy about and mm -hmm. people, you know, getting into a whole adventure path, even if there were three volumes. Uh, and at that point, we we're still doing six volume adventure paths, obviously. Uh, right, it's right. a commitment, but a module is less of a commitment. It can take, you know, it's meant to be more than uh, a night's play, a, you know, or, or a society scenarios worth of play, but less mm -hmm. than an adventure path. And people, I think, were kind of clamoring for when are we going to get standalone adventures? When are we going to get those? Right. Um, and so we sort of, oh, we're pulling back on the adventure paths. We have the time to do standalones, and we'll put out a couple of those. And 
<clears throat> to begin with, it was all sort of uh, uh, talked about what it would be. It would have to be a first level adventure because it's the first one uh, and make it so that it was a way that people would, could grab people who, who weren't playing yet and be mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a gateway <clears throat> into all the other stuff that wasn't quite, it was more than the beginner box, but yeah. not quite, <clears throat> uh, 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 you know, uh, something else. Um, so you said gateway yeah. and it just makes me, you know, I'm thinking gateway drugs. And so, yes, is, you know, gateway RPG, suck them in. Exactly. You know? Suck them in. <laughs> well, you know, and then we, we talked about it back and forth about how it would work. I was like, Oh, well, it's going to be first time GMs and first time players. Right. Let's make, let's make it so that whatever's in here, whatever's in this book, all you need is the core Starfinder rule book right. and this book and nothing else. We said, you don't need any alien archives like you do with adventure paths. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. You don't need to have uh, to get into the society stuff, which can be intimidating because there's certain ways you make characters and then you've got to find people and maybe you don't well, you know, you just want to, uh, a lot of people will see it as like, Oh, I've got to go and play with strangers. You can play society adventures on your own with your own group and then report them for the, for the, for the stuff, of course. But right. I feel like that's not the, that's not the selling point for those uh, scenarios mm -hmm. really. Um, and so I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. I, and, and something that an adventure standalone adventure that could be just sort of constantly on the shelf. It doesn't get outdated. It, it, it's, it's a, well, right. you know, it's called an evergreen product that can be just sold alongside stuff. And I was like, yes. And uh, selfishly, I wanted to have my name on the cover. So I said, oh, I'd love to have my name in the cover. I'll work on that. Uh, we can talk about what it is. And we, you know, me and I believe Jake and, and, and Rob McCreary at the time, uh, bounced around a couple of ideas what it would be and, and what it could be. Um, there was a, 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 a several ideas sort of floating around. Uh, one that sort of took more place on Absalom Station, uh, which also, but, but was very semi-similar semi because there's a place, uh, there's a level in Absalom Station that's called like Bot Scrap. Oh, and yeah. it would have been yeah, about yeah. like junk. And I was like, oh, right. junk is fun. We need a kind of a junk. I don't know. We just wanted to do, I wanted to do something with junk and, and it kind of got stuck in my mind. Um, and um, we plotted this out and I decided, oh, well, you know, think about what kind of things you might encounter and what kind of a plot it would be. And um, that's where Junkers Delight kind of came from but without getting into the specifics of each of the beats. Um, at the time too, I, but while I was, you know, selfishly, I wanted it to have my have my name on the cover. I wanted to also kind of reach out to other, maybe slightly reach out to someone else who maybe hadn't written much and mm -hmm. help share the credit. And maybe I, originally I thought maybe it would be an idea that where like two people would write it, like myself and I would be mm -hmm. shepherding someone else who hadn't done uh, uh, much. Uh, and I heard a lot of things, uh, great things about uh, Misha Bushiger. Uh, from the Pathfinder mm -hmm. side of things. So I, I reached out to her. I'm like, how do you want to do this? You know, it, would you like to participate in this? And she didn't have enough time to kind of sit down and, and, and collaborate on the entire adventure. So I was like, oh, what about if you just wrote the back, some of the back matter and we can, you know, have our, both our names on the cover. And she was amenable to that. So she ended up writing uh, the, the, the sort of gazetteer that's in the back that ends up being mm -hmm. about the, uh, uh, the city. Um, uh, to sort of go back, I, I remember that, uh, I, I, I had um, a bit of back in the day, back in the, the writing, uh, de developing the Pact Worlds hardcover, uh, the uh, Akaton eight pages or whatever it was ended up being mm -hmm. a little short during copy fit. So it had to get filled out with some text. And I actually ended up adding the text that uh, is about Kefak Depot 
which is mm. the junk mm-hmm. tourism area that is right. the sort of basis of Junkers Delight. So this is all kind of generating from my own ideas. Um, and I thought that name was kind of funny because it would be like calling a place Cockroach Town. Right. Because um, Catholics are these, these, these vermin not, or critters yeah. that tear things apart and stuff. They're, yeah. yeah, they're 100% vermin and they, they love to yeah. eat junk. And so it's like they're yeah. like cross between roaches and billy goats, I guess. Yeah. Um, in a lot of ways, but they look like bugs. They have a very bug yeah. like focus. Oh, they're funny. Oh, let's do that. You know, Quebec Depot is a thing that's junk tourism. I want to go there. I want to explore a little bit more. I want to talk about this idea of junk tourism and right. then what, uh, and what, you know, basically plot is basically, uh, 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 something gets found in the junk, you know, it becomes like an archeological thing that gets, uh, uh something, uh, you know, obviously there's a MacGuffin of some kind gets discovered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the pieces have to go retrieve it or protect it and so forth and so on so that's the sort of core the kernel uh that this blossomed out of uh essentially the uh title is uh of course a thinly well not well, i guess not more, more people don't know this so that it's a it's a it's a reference to rapper's delight yeah, which i was thinking was, about at the time yes yeah yes yeah, yeah. I, I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't mean any, it doesn't have any relationship to the adventure yeah. at all, but yeah. um, uh, uh, I liked it and everyone was like, yeah, it's great. And yeah. uh, <laughs> it's another one of those things. I, I think I may have talked to, to uh, about this to you, a thing I got away with basically. Uh, yeah. And when, when you're in a, you know, kind of at Paizo for as long as I had been at that point to, you kind of, kind of can get away with stuff and kind of like put stuff in there that is, you know, not necessarily <laughs> like, Easter eggs to that was the because uh, it's not about anything about rapping or, or singing right. or whatever right so right. um but it's not but it's just sort of a cheeky nod more than anything yeah no I like that so, I think partially in, partially it was it came from because the other idea was called I was going to call it bot scrap blitz uh, oh yeah which is reference good, ballroom yeah. blitz yeah, yeah. Uh, and I had I had songs in my head and I was just thinking yeah. that's that's where it came from nice so the this adventure was one you mentioned that you kind of knew what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And what, so Jake was the developer on it, Jason Tondra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, did he still provide an outline or did he just kind of turn it? Hey, you know, you know what you're doing? Just do that. If I recall, I kind of wrote up an outline and gave it to Jake and just okay. be like, Jake, does this look like something you want to develop? And he's like, yo, of course, <laughs> you know, I trust you. And maybe I think we had some back. We, we, uh, as we often do when we outline stuff, we, d- we, you know, talk about the, the minutia, if there's a problem, I don't know where to go from here. We talk, you know, Jake and I, and Jake and I and Rob would, would talk about that kind right. of thing. So everyone kind of knew where it was going and what it was uh, about, but I, I, I feel like I penned most of the outline. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was good because then you kind of yeah. knew you already had some idea where it was going to go all the way through. Yeah. Now, with the, with a standalone adventure, just the adventure part, how many how many words is that? Just for so I know comparison to other uh, things. Yeah, let me think. It's a little more than a um um adventure path adventure, which is okay. about twenty five thousand words. And this one ended up being about thirty five, I think. Okay, I'm gonna say 35. so. It's a pretty pretty big chunk, and then yeah. back matter like another ten thousand words or more than that. Yeah, around around about there. Um, uh, uh, the adventure, and then I, you know, there's some stuff in there. There's some some other uh, rule stuff and right. monsters, new right. monsters that I wrote for it too. That ended up another couple thousand. But the the yeah mm-hmm. the, yeah the bull, the entirety of the back matter ten thousand. The gazetteer probably around seven or mm-hmm. eight. I would mm-hmm. say. 
Yeah, so I was going to play that, then something happened, and I couldn't, I couldn't go through it with it, the team that was doing that. I ended up playing the, the Locust one, one that right, the next came one. after that one. But I remember there's like a, a player's guide up front mm-hmm. for that, and there was also a, a, a subclass of Technomancer in there yes. as well. Is that something you designed? Prestige class. Yes, it was. And uh, it actually, um, uh, there's a little bit of a, we had a little cross-contamination between uh, us and the hardcover, uh, or parallel thinking, I guess, for lack of a better word, is that uh, uh, there's a, a, basically, I think it's also an archetype, uh, a junk mancer archetype in Galactic Magic, I want to say, or Tech Revolution, maybe? Whichever one of those came first. Tech Revolution, I think, first. I think Tech Revolution. I don't remember it in Galactic Magic, so. Yeah. One of those two also has a junk-based type, and they kind of uh, aren't the same thing, uh, which is interesting, (laughs) and I'm curious to know which one, if if anyone uh, has tried to, like, smash them together into single character. (laughs) I'm just remembering something, John. Yeah, this makes this 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 actually a uh, a very uh, germane topic of conversation because uh, early last week, a um, a NASA uh, engineer tweeted out that uh, she was trying out Starfinder for the first time and she was uh, had a beginner box in the core rule book. But then poking out behind that beginner box was Joker's (laughs) Delight. And I was like, yeah, all right, there it is. And I was like, yeah, I wrote that. Um, she gave me a thumbs up for that. And then people, nice. I got a couple of people talking about Junkers Delight, uh, telling me that they just finished it and, and stuff like that. That is, that is very cool. That is, yeah. That is really, did you offer so I hope to that, run it Run it for her? I think she was the one running it. She was in the oh, process okay. of jamming uh, for people yeah, yeah. or pre- prepping to GM for it. Um, yeah. And it's great because it's the thing that is for first-time GMs, right? Yeah. For Starfinder. Oh, you awesome. could be, now don't get me wrong, the game, the, 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 the book, if you're uh, if you know Starfinder and you know how to run games, you can also run this. It's it's, it's all there and good. Uh, or if you right. run other games and you're new to Starfinder, this is also a good sort of gateway. But right, all right. So so you help develop this outline, mm-hmm. right? So you have the outline. How long does the outline run? And kind of what's that look like when you write it up or it's provided for you? Um, the outline. Uh, how long are these outlines? Um, they're always a. I feel like when you're when you're making them, they're they're they always feel like they're too long, um, because it's like a lot of words. And, oh my god, what am I doing? Uh, but you know, you're providing someone with a guideline to write several thousand more words than that. So I think it it's it should be comprehensive. But mm-hmm. it's just a general sort of like uh, you know this XP we're gonna uh, get you from. We should break this up in the, the these many chapters, um, and then each chapter is actually a level. So you make sure that each of these chapters gives enough. P to, to advance to the next level and how that's going to break up break down uh, uh at the time i thought i was probably picking out um starting to think about encounters so the outline right. might have had a couple use this monster use these monsters um and then you know just sort of like um probably at that point too in the outline i came up with like names of npcs and bad guys the main bad guys mm-hmm. uh and that kind of stuff but it you know it there's not much um I say all of these adventure outlines basically kind of look the same. It's, it's, you know, a list of numbers of like XPs and treasure and then due dates and stuff like that. And then just sort of like summaries of, of each individual part, not necessarily encounter by encounter. That's sort of what we leave to the author. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, I might have already drawn up encounter by encounter uh, right. uh, just because I knew what I was going to be doing. And so, um, you know, there's that. And then just sort of like, you know, here's all the background stuff that, you know, you, right. 
Right. For, for what are the what are the what are the bad guys up to? What what is what is the MacGuffin and why people why do people want it? Mm-hmm. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. History, a little bit of history of a uh, right. Akaton in there because of it has to deal with you know the Thastron crash around the, mm-hmm. the you know their, their sort of rocket fuel that um, became right. less useful once the drift drives started becoming more ubiquitous. Right. Right. So uh, and uh, I'm going to ask you a couple more specific things now. I, I've sure, written. Yeah, yeah. You know some adventure stuff, so I, I kind of know the answer, but I, I think this is important. So, it, you break it into a couple of subsections or chapters. You know, so an mm-hmm. AP, AP book has three chapters. So imagine uh, Junker's Delight. I don't again. I think, I think, I think it ended up having three, three chapters. Yeah. Four. Yeah. So yeah, and then three. within so within each chapter, you're probably um, the outline probably tells you, um, you know, we want to have maybe two or three encounters and maybe a skill challenge. And some is is that given in the outline, or is it just this is how much XP you need, and you should split it up yeah. amongst skill based and encounter based? It doesn't get specific in the saying this should be a skill challenge, this should be a fight or whatever. Yeah. So it might be like a, a, a thing where you get to a, a large uh, end encounter that you don't necessarily want to always have a fight but maybe the pcs can you know provide a way right. for the pcs to be able to talk their way around this or talk their way to an easier fight or something like that uh mm-hmm. when you want that to when that's important to the feel of the adventure right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so uh it, it oftentimes we just yeah uh, from the outlines point of view we give the authors the leeway that they can sort of decide where things on a map for instance oh these you know you've got to go from point a to point b um what's in the way Ah, it doesn't really matter as long as you give out you know a couple thousand xp or whatever okay so but you you give out xp you tell them yes yes how much xp so that's that i'm just wondering what the guidance was that's all yeah all right normally in in an ap we just say this begins at this level and ends at this level give out this many xp for drunkers delight we were like each chapter should give out this much XP because right, right, right. we were looking at the way that uh, the Pathfinder APs were doing it. And that's what, that's what, uh, you know, because mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. Pathfinder second edition, it's easier to do like 1000 is a chunk of XP where it's a little more uh, wiggly wobbly right. for Starfinder. But in this case, I wanted to be, I want to be easier for G- new GMs to be like at the end of each chapter, you're going to level up, uh, level up your players. Right. And then, so, mm-hmm. so that had to get a little more rigid, but most of the time it's just right. sort of, as long as you have it from the beginning to the end, you're getting two levels worth of XP. You're you're good. Right. So, given that this sort of outline, so presume that you were given this outline, how do you mm-hmm. approach that then as a writer? Do you mm-hmm. start with the very end and how am I going to get there? Do you start with flushing out NPCs, encounters? Start at the beginning. You know, what's that process look like for you? I, and what did it look me- like for you? In this book. Yeah. Uh, for me, I often just, uh, because the first thing you do get asked to do is to write an out- encounter by encounter. How are you going to give out all this XP? And it, that's right. encounter by encounter, skill encounter, whether that's, you know, fight or whatever, mm-hmm. or where the story-based stuff is coming in. So you you you, you, you draw up a more detailed outline uh, that goes to, to beat by beat. Um, and I believe I think uh, I did something like that so I could give it to Jake and be like, this is what it's going to look like. Great. Now I'll go back and run with it. Um, when I'm doing that, I do kind of go from start to finish. I don't. Uh, I want to know. I know where I need to get through from the from the main outline. I, I know where the end is, so I don't have to really worry about how you know that. I just have to figure out. Okay, what's interesting? How? What are the interesting beats between the beginning and the end? Um, for Junker's Delight, it is essentially like 
okay, there's someone who needs to be rescued in the junk, go through the junk, rescue them, bring them back. They tell you that they need, they have a, 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 a lead on some bigger treasure uh, deeper into the junk. That's part two is getting to that. Uh, and, and that was the part where I wanted to have, oh, well, there's, there's, other, there's other beings living in the junk. There's goblins, there's the Kestis. Uh, let's have a little bit, you know, how do you work together? Uh, 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 two factions, essentially, to get to essentially how the, the, the main, this sort of crashed spaceship, which might have some uh, different engine in it, right? Uh, and then uh, part three was clearing out, you know, spaceship dungeon crawl basically clearing it out right. uh and then uh i do it i threw a little sort of uh thing at the end where the main the sort of gang leader who's been chasing this thing at the same time is coming after you so you get to use the starship as a kind of a uh a, a home alone style you can set up traps so as the okay. the, the 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 baddies kind of come at you in waves, they get beat up a little bit from the, tra the traps and make the, the, the final fight a little easier for you uh, when you defeat the main boss leader. And then you've got the ship, you know, it's yours, you can clean it up. And, you know, that's sort of like, where do you go after this adventure is over? Uh, I guess that was a big thing that we wanted to include in this very first standalone adventure was not to include Starship Combat because it's a, it's a whole extra system that gets tacked on. So this is all on the ground. It's all sort of basic, you know, uh, investigations and fights and, 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 and skill challenges and that sort of thing uh, with uh, little little make sure things here and there because there's one point where there's some radiation. How do you deal with radiation? Here's the sidebars. Here's, radiation. Right. here's another thing that's like, you know, maybe it's poisons or uh, 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 other things. I'm going to look through it now because my, my uh, uh, memory is a little fuzzy on it all, you know leveling it up and and uh what to do when your players are like i have a better idea than the adventure uh right. that, that kind of stuff yeah nice so you um give them the outline you start fleshing all your encounters all the way through get all yeah. those lined out you provide that outline then to the dev to, yeah for for them to say okay this works uh, maybe this is too heavy here maybe mm -hmm. whatever they do right we can talk about yeah. it later after you get that check off what do you do next well, then I start writing. I get that. It's all good. Uh, maybe a tweak. You know, oh, I got to change this from the from the notes or whatever. Tweak that first. And then I set to writing. Um, I always got to start with the adventure background stuff first. And a lot of that is kind of in the outline. I'm kind of writing that a little bit here and there to where it makes sense. I have come to uh, understand, uh, really, really feel that uh, how, how adventures need to be presented is that the GM needs to know as much as possible up front so mm -hmm. that they mm -hmm. are not taken by like any villain motivation isn't at the end of the adventure there, you know, that's right. a book when you're reading it that yeah. way you, you're, you're you, as a, whoever's the audience of an adventure, the, the actual text of the adventure is the GM. And so, mm -hmm. uh, uh, not the players, the players are being told this story through the GM essentially. So the GM can't be finding this stuff out at the same time a player would be finding it out. Mm -hmm. um and that's, that's usually of, like maybe a half page or a page that describes exactly. a summary of the whole thing right right okay. what, what happened in the past who the main players are essentially what they're doing what their motivations are maybe um where where if there's any important history about the place you are at um all that stuff is sort of presented up front um and then um just get going uh, <laughs> i tend to write kind of sequentially um mm -hmm. I just it's just easier for me to think of what happens next and what happens next and what happens next. Um, if I, there is a point where something is 
uh, sticking or writer's block, I can skip, you know, something happens here, skip this part and then move on and come back to it. Uh, oftentimes though, you know, uh, you know, you find that, um, you get to maybe the end and you've hit your word count, but you have to still write chunks of, you know, right. I kind of try to avoid that. So I know what I'm doing, you know, like when I'm writing, if I develop, you know, devote, um, this one too, uh, 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 junk, junkers delight had to basically be separate. Like there was a certain word count for each chapter, not certain. Mm -hmm. not, so they could fit basically nice and neatly onto, uh, uh, well, oftentimes you'll see an adventure path. Part two will start maybe in the middle of a page or something like that. Right, but right, right. in this case, uh, these parts had to start on their own. Cause I think we had like nice big pieces of art that we wanted to do between each chapter. Uh, and I'm mm -hmm. just as, I'm sure very thrilling. Um, uh, not quite, but oh, this one actually didn't actually do that. Anyway, <laughs> now that I look at it, it doesn't actually do that. Um, but uh, it was something we were trying to trying to do. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and so while I'm writing, I'm I'm keeping track of like how much I've got left and and what I've written so far and how much I think it'll fit. Um, for me, yeah. Tell yeah. Me so, question. well, yeah. I, again, I'm trying to look at your process, and yeah, so yeah. I'm trying to elicit some things here so you start to start at the beginning right so mm -hmm. you have some introduction for the players so they kind of know where they're at yeah. and where they're going and they kind of get things started and then you kind of probably have some chapter end point that's going to transition to the next point so you're yeah. just writing to get to that point and kind of linking the different counters for that yeah I have my I have my detailed outline. Uh, I think for Junkers Delight too, there was a uh, you said there was a little bit of a player's guide. So I may have mm -hmm. started with a little bit of that first, right? Because that is important to the players after I've gotten the sort of main introduction to the adventure down. So I oh now think of some reasons why the players are there. Okay, then, then mm -hmm. we start off with that introduction, uh, and then and then head back into the adventure proper. Um, probably thinking a little bit about any of those new creatures that I already wanted to have mm -hmm. in here. You know, I wanted to do a junk golem because I didn't have one yet mm -hmm. uh, and throw that in there where that's going to be and kind of like plotting it out. When it comes to like mm -hmm. um, uh, 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 things that have maps, I kind mm -hmm. of sketch, I, I, I do some, maybe some rough sketches, but a lot of it is often um, in my head. <laughs> this is probably i'm gonna say a lot of this is not sort of like don't do as i uh, say not as i do sometimes uh writing advice um it probably helps a lot of people to 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 have a, a detailed sketch of the area so you know that this but for me oftentimes um there might be a time a place where like oh i need a, an extra couple hundred words here i need to just sort of create a new room it's off to the mm. side maybe i'll throw some treasure in there or a space or whatever and so that then i have to like mentally adjust my map uh, uh for me i just you know despise drawing maps uh, uh so uh oh, i only want to yeah. do it once at the end yeah 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 all right so so you're making these connections and sometimes in there the connection is going to involve an npc that they have mm -hmm. to meet yeah. or encounter or something like that yeah. or a baddie um do you, do you flesh them out at that time or you say here's a placeholder for an npc i need to to flesh out later or particular if there's a a specific villain subvillain right do you, yeah. do you stat them out then or do you do it later um oh the stat blocks stat blocks i, I generally kind of write as i go as well to sort mm -hmm. of like just to and that is always the uh one of the more frustrating bits because you spend hours on the the numbers and then 
you find right. you've only written like 300 words and you're like, oh, I needed to do a mm-hmm. thousand words today. Oh, no. Um, but uh, uh, NPCs, I like to. I tell you, John, I think a lot of my writing process I do while I'm trying to fall asleep. Uh, I <laughs> okay. think about this stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You know, I, I think a lot, a lot, maybe some other people would agree with me that like 75% of writing is thinking about yeah. the thing you're going yeah, yeah. to write. And I get all these sentences in my head and I line them up and I just kind of imagine things that maybe like voices. Like we talk about the first NPC that you meet in Junkers Delight is a, is a Yusuke named Riddle who owns a junk tourism shop and she's getting the, the, the crap beat out of her by some gang members. Right. And that's the sort of like, uh, uh, whether or not you're, you're there to talk to her or not, uh, uh you kind of, the PCs kind of stumble on this and, you know, sort of like, yeah, oh, and then they basically like, it's not asking, it's, it's not about like, do you help? It's more like they, they're beating her up and then they notice you and they're like, you can't be watching this. And then they know to beat you up. Uh, and of course, you know, PCs are going to win and then they chase off the baddies and she's, uh, I wanted to get like, you know, her voice in my head. So I thought about mm-hmm. her, you know, just sort of how she would talk and, and, and whatnot to be a sympathetic and hopefully fun character to, for GMs to portray uh, so that the PCs will want to help her. And, you know, of course it doesn't hurt that she's offering money uh, and mm-hmm. she's on hard times because the gang has driven off all of her other junk tourist guides and she has this, essentially this whale of a client who's lost out in the scrapyards uh and mm. so it's you know oh god and and the you know the gang the 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 the, the gangs like the junk the you know junk tourism's our business trying to run her out of run her out of town mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and uh uh you know hopefully creating a, a someone who's who's again sort of someone you want to basically agree to do a favor for a, a very dangerous favor for essentially that's all adventuring is mm-hmm. all right so again i'm kind of walking through the process there and a couple other things you mentioned treasure. Mm-hmm. How do you decide what to give now in, in terms of for each section and for XP, I can, I can figure that the amount of treasure yeah. amount you should give. How do you figure out what to give the, uh, the NPCs? What, what, what you want to do? Is it just thematically relevant or you want to create a new thing or what is it? Some of it's thematic relevant. Some of it's creating new stuff. Um, I'll be honest with you. I think I leave treasure till like the very end. Okay. Uh, I write a bunch, of, and then I have you know spots where it's just. I, I kind of know. Oh, this is kind of a weird supply closet or an area there might be some treasure. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll make sure that that there's a note in there for me to look at later. But then I go back and then I start thinking about like, well, what's fun? What's interesting? What do they need? What are, what are the pieces going to need? They're going to need better weapons, better armor, first of all. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So start there and, and throw those in there first and then kind of like add it up as I go along and go, well, I'm over. I got to take out one of these guns or I'm under. I need to throw an extra dozen grenades somewhere, you know, and I'll just sort of pop a big chunk down. Or or when I get uh, to a point where I'm like, I still, I, you know, none of this is thematic, none of this is appropriate, there's nothing good, there's no good treasure of this level, no good, you know, gear of this level. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, they find a cred stick. It's got some money on it. That's good enough. Uh, and they can spend it on what they want because, you know, PC groups are very different. They're, people are going to want to have different types of weapons and the stuff that they find is not necessarily going to be suitable right. to them, that, right. that, you know, that they want to use because they're a soldier who really focuses on laser weapons or whatever, and you haven't put any laser weapons in there. Well, give them some money. That'll actually, that'll go right. a long way. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's a, that's a nice mix. 
introduce something kind of cool that maybe everybody could use or especially needed in the adventure than yeah. having some credits that, that they can spend. All right, so now we've gotten kind of through each of these sections here, kind of linking together. How do you make the final boss, right? There's always a final boss, right? Got to have a final yes, boss. Yes, got to have a final right? boss. How do you make that, you know, kind of climactic and exciting, but not too overpowering for your group of beginning players there? It's always, the, those final boss fights are always tricky uh, because you want to not have someone who comes out of nowhere. I mean, you can have the final boss fight be a, you get to a place and it's a creature that's there and you have to fight it and you, you know, it appears and whatever. Mm -hmm. More interestingly, it's someone who's, you're working against kind of the entire adventure. And right. that's where the sort of boss leader comes in. You kind of hear about mm -hmm. the person um, mm -hmm. uh, here and there. You might fight their lieutenants or whatever and get some more sort of, a uh, 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 color in there to 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 know what you might be going up against, uh, but for the most part, you kind of got to keep them in the shadows. You got to keep them off the bat because often in these types of games, at any rate, the moment you put someone on the screen, you have to be prepared for them to die. Right. Just just because uh, PCs will you know groups will just sort of. Unless there's something really, really sort of stopping them from having a fight right then and there, mm -hmm. they might have that fight right then and there. And you've got to gotta make sure that it's either there's built in ways for them to get on out of there so they can have the final boss fight at the very end, or um, it's just so you'd never, or, I don't know, what's well, a clone or whatever. Uh, 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 that's the good stuff for that's So that's sort of just good advice for like when you're running a game of your own creation, too. Right. If there's anybody who don't want to die, right away um to kind of keep them out of away from the pcs for a little bit uh mm -hmm. or you know have those contingency plans um math you know the math you know whether or not it's too tough of a fight math wise we just sort of you know rely on that cr system to mm -hmm. uh to be good but you want it to be someone to be challenging you want it to be someone who has at least some minions with them so they're not by themselves mm -hmm. there's that sort of action economy stuff that you have to deal with um so you've got to make them slightly more powerful than the pieces but not over not overpower the pcs so you can actually throw some other you know let's have lower right. level mooks in there um and have a hopefully an interesting fight um my boss guy the boss guy uh show bad uh gang leader basically sort of a real kind of don't spill it all i guess i'm gonna have to put spoiler tags all over this my so. spoiler tags well i I, yeah. I might be you might know who's a show bad uh somewhere okay. later on um yeah but you know it's akaton he's a big tough guy yeah. but yeah. uh uh the whole the whole um uh uh and it's kind of a surprise to me as it, it sort of came out uh as i was writing it and as i got we got the stuff from from misha uh kefak depot is a mobbed up town in a lot of ways it feels okay. like uh there's some 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 stuff in there um that makes it feel a bit like vegas in the uh mm. uh, uh old uh, bugsy malone days Mm -hmm. Um, so, and this, this mob, this, this gang leader, uh, essentially is the one. So I'm new, we're new in town, we're, we're new, but I'm going to come in here and I'm going to run this place. And he wants to run the whole town, uh, which is why he wants to get the big sort of MacGuffin, uh, which will most likely, you know, allow him to sell and get a bunch of money and stuff. So, uh, and why he decides to come after the PCs at the end, uh, without sending his, you know, sending his lieutenants and his, and his, and his goons and whatnot, but then 
finally just sort of like, you know, you know, the usual is I'll take care of this myself, uh, right. coming in and, uh, probably getting obliterated. <laughs> so just a couple of process things, and you've kind of alluded to this a little bit. Uh, how much do you target writing a day when you're writing? I look at how much, how long it'll take me to write something. Mm -hmm. If I write a thousand words a day. Okay. Okay. Uh, and make sure that's enough time. If it's, if I have mm -hmm. to write more than that, if, if, because the deadline's shorter, I'll start to panic probably, uh, because mm -hmm. a thousand words a day is, 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 is doable, but that's like every day. Um, right. and that can be quite exhausting. Um, so mm -hmm. it is ends up being like, well, if I, if, if you, if you, if I budget for a thousand words a day and don't hit, you know, that usually ends up a week or two before the actual deadline. Right. If you're not right. sort of in a time crunch. So that gives mm -hmm. me the chance to be like, okay, I can't, I'm running a game. I've worked all day and I'm running a game at night. There's no way after that game, I'm not going to be able to write a thousand words. Okay. That's right. fine. I can write a extra, you know, a hundred words every other day, you know, to, to sort of make up for it. Um, but then I don't, I don't also, you know, I try not to beat myself up about those deadlines because I don't mm -hmm. want to get stressed about it. the more, the more stressed you get about the deadline for me anyway, uh, uh, the harder it is to continue writing. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. but on the weekends I can generally write more than that a day. You know, I can, I can get right. through, right. if I've got a good uh, head of steam, I can get through a thousand words in about two hours. Writing right. Right. Um, right. Yeah, I'm just kind of curious, like, because my yeah. own process, I'm, I'm trying to trying to sure. get some comparison. Yeah. What's your, like what is to, your sort of deadline well, situation well, you would, like usually? You would mention thinking a lot. And so mm -hmm. well, yeah. for me, I oftentimes will think, you know, say I got uh, a month for the first milestone and then, you know, another month to for the final deliverable. I might yeah. just write a little bit in the first two weeks as I'm thinking yeah. about it. And then I'll crank it out in 10 days okay, and then yeah. I'll, I'll do edits for the, you know, until the milestone. Um, and the same thing with the finish, you know, I'll get whatever feedback and I'll think about it and then I'll just get really going at it for two weeks and I'll write through a whole weekend. I'm pretty good at writing Saturday and Sunday. Mm -hmm. I can, I can do five or 6,000 words in two days pretty easily. I mean, I could do yeah, 5,000 words in a day if I'm, if I have the whole day. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah i uh i try not it's I try, not great I, like, I have to edit it, yeah i don't but, yeah. yeah you got yeah, yeah. It, it 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 can be tough to do that to 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 yeah. feel uh not have that sort of like writing hangover when you're done well you see know, it's come up out I of the fugue and you're like oh see i do academic writing and our papers mm -hmm. are way longer and Fair i'm enough, i'm yeah. used to having to do lots of writing. So when I write for this stuff, which I consider is fun. So like I, I got, I got an assignment from somebody um, and it was like, here's, here's the, the milestone. If you can meet it in whatever, you know, mm -hmm. three weeks, I turned in the final deliverable. I turned in everything, all the words and everything. And when, when they got it, they said, Oh, this is good. Um, you're done. You're basically. Good, yeah. I didn't yeah. have to, you know, because I had gone through, but I got so excited. And that's, yeah. that's oh, for yeah. me is I need to get that level of excitement, whatever it is, or whatever it is. Now, sometimes I have things I had to, we have this thing upcoming. I had to do lots and lots of stuff related for different, different areas. Mm -hmm. And so that yeah. became very tedious. And so I would skip mm -hmm. around a lot, basically, rather than sure, go straight yeah. through, I'd work a bunch on here, work a bunch on here, work a bunch on here. 
so I could get excited about particular parts. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not excited, oh, yeah. then I don't, I don't feel like writing. So I, I could not do a thousand words a day every day because some days I just don't feel like writing. You know? No, yeah, and that's, I mean, uh, that's yeah. just to say to everyone out there, that's fine. If you don't feel like writing all yeah. day, that's that's fine. Just just sort of, oh, basically give your, as I say, to give yourself enough time to be done early so that when you don't feel right. like writing, you don't, won't end up being late. <laughs> right. You know, if it, push the deadline here and there. Yeah, I'm, because of all the time I spent in the military, I'm like really hard on deadlines. I never want to be late for anything. I'd rather be early yeah. for stuff. And oh, so yeah. I try to get things done early and then I'll just revise, revise, revise until I think it's, it's solid and tight and at the word count and formatting's mm-hmm. right. You know, I, I, and I don't, I, I think that helps. I, I've had a bunch of now projects because of that. Um, yeah. It, yeah, that's it's yeah. Very, it's just so important to make deadlines uh, yeah. uh, when you're, when you're writing for someone else. Uh, now, yeah. you know, I've had plenty of projects where I was writing for myself and I haven't finished them ever because yeah. I don't have a deadline and uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a motivating, it's a big motivating force. Um, I think, yeah. I think no, I the deadline stuff got really drilled into me early on when I started doing freelance because, uh, in a lot of ways I knew that some people were, uh, other people were taking their time and I was like, I don't, I want to be on time. I want to be the person. So I get more work, right? right? It, 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 it becomes a. So hopefully, a, you know, a self-perpetuating cycle. Mm-hmm. Well, I've benefited from it turning in stuff on time or early because then when other people couldn't, for whatever reason, couldn't complete on a project. So working uh, yeah. on some hardcovers, I've now multiple times gotten to the opportunity to take over projects with a short, a two-week turnaround to do something. Yeah. And I've been able to do that. So I, I'm, hopefully I'll that's helped my reputation i don't know <laughs> with books probably probably has well this has been enlightening and and i apologize yeah. if i'm getting into the nitty gritty because i i'm really interested in 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 your process and i think other people are as well i you know uh, you say i have i i still don't feel like i have a process sometimes <laughs> to be honest yeah. um but i do get things done so that's uh i got to be doing something okay if not right just to, yeah. you know so i th- I think I think you do more than okay. Thank you, John. I think you do more than okay too. <laughs> well, this has been fun. I'm John and I'm Jason and this has been Digital Divination. <laughs>